you okay to just die straight in, Ben? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we just wing it, Ben. If you've ever li- if you've listened to it, it's it's a uh, it's lo-fi. Right, yeah. um, uh, welcome to North v South, the podcast that is and isn't about design. This is episode 79, and tonight we've got a special guest. It's Ben the Illustrator, or Ben. Ben O'Brien, I think your name, your real name is, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Hi, uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, no, thank you for sparing the time thanks and coming, for coming on. In. It's great to have you. We haven't just ruined a, a, a secret by re- revealing your surname, have we, Ben? No, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to go to witness got, protection now. Yeah, we've, got, we've gone against brand guidelines already, Rob. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Why not you sent the riders? <laughs> <laughs> Who's just opened a beer? Somebody here. Oh, that was me. Sorry, can you hear that? Sorry. Yeah, what have you got? <laughs> it's a Bath Ales gem. Oh, oh very nice. We yeah. love a bit of gem. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Isn't it? That's, they're local to us. Yeah, you're in Froome, right? Froome? Yeah, that that's right. In Somerset, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm opening mine. Hang on. Can you, did, that, did that sound American, that one? Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah. Stars and stripes um, all over it. This is a Beavertown Westside Bevo. Oh, nice. Do not put that near a search engine. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a hoppy one? I don't know. Probably, yeah. It smells, being, being American. smells like marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm breaking with brand as well because I'm on the red wine tonight. So let's are you see wearing, how it goes down Are you wearing it. a... Uh, Smoking jacket, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done that one before. Yeah, we've done them all before. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, regular listeners know who John and I are. So, Ben, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. So, I, well, I work under the name Ben the Illustrator. I quite obviously work in illustration. I, start, I started off in animation, which I liked, and it was great, and it was a lot of fun. And um, I did a lot of things, but I was essentially, I wasn't a brilliant animator. Um, and I worked with a lot of freelancers who, who were brilliant animators, and it made me kind of realise that all I really cared about was how it looked. Um, yeah. And so I sort of left the the studio I was part of at the time, and um, focused on Ben the Illustrator. I've decided to become Ben the Illustrator, and that's kind of been it ever since. Really, that was uh, fifteen how that, years ago. How long has so. that been? Fifteen years. Yeah, I think no, uh, thirteen years. Two thousand five. That was. Well, well done for making it that long. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, uh, what what's been on your desk this week, Ben? Um, well, I've been working on. I've got lots of. Um, References for a map of Copenhagen, which I've been working on, uh, which I started at the beginning of the week, but I like all the references because it's food and architecture and stuff. Uh, so I've left them on my desk, uh, all the little notes I made while doing it because it's quite inspiring. So I've got that. Um, I've got a copy of Paper Girls, Volume 4, uh, which is the new the new one, but I've not read it yet. I'm saving it for a day when I can read it all in one go. What's what, Paper what's, Girls? What's paper for, Girls? For oh, uh, it's a graphic novel, okay. um, and it's incredible. Um, it's uh, how do I describe it? It's kind of time travel-y, uh, sci-fi-y. Um, wow, yeah, and it's brilliant. The, the artwork is incredible. Like you can you can kind of pour over the artwork. Um, are you are you, you a fan? Are you a fan of comics? Yeah, I kind of I, I am not not religiously. Um, but I find things now and again that really get me. Um, I mean, there was a time that I would have spent a lot more money on on comics, but now I've got a, a son, so I have to pay for his comics. <laughs> um, and um, but if the artwork's good, generally I'll get suckered into it. Um, yeah, and and Paper Girls is, I think, is is something special. Um, Sounds great. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I, I've been talking to a friend of mine, Trev, who, who recommend. He actually gave me the first volume. And he's a big comics fan, and, and we were talking about it. How it would make an amazing movie, but I think he said that uh, Brian K. Vaughan, who worked on it, isn't isn't keen on making movies out of comics or something. Okay, I don't know. I don't know everything about everyone in the comics world, but um, I think that's kind of his thing. If he if he if he works on a comic, it should stay as a comic. Um, but it would be an amazing movie. Oh, he's a chap um, who made Saga, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Love okay. Saga. Have to have a look at have to have a look at it. I'm, I haven't heard of it at all. So oh, yeah. I look forward to that. Cool. So, a map of Copenhagen. What, do you do a lot of maps with your graphical style that you do? 
Uh, quite a few, yeah. yeah. Not, I'm not kind of completely dedicated to it. I know a lot of people who only do maps, and um, but I get bored easily. So I've never been able to kind of hone everything down into one thing. Um, but I like doing travel-related stuff. That's probably my favourite thing to do. Um, so, yeah, if a map comes along, I'll definitely be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, did, I drew a map of Copenhagen once for a uh, travel thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was very, uh, it was very, <clears throat> it wasn't illustrative at all. It was, looked like a map, basically. I, I probably, I'm I probably traced, left, lo- you up. I'm feeling very left out now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably traced over something and put lots of trap yeah. roads in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, almost probably every map I've done isn't doesn't work functionally as a map. You couldn't go to Copenhagen with this map and find your way around. But uh, you can see what's there. And you can find it yourself, I guess. Yeah. So I don't have every road on it or anything by any means. No, just the just the sort of the the touristy bits. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, it's a Sounds very great. small city anyway. It's a brilliant place to visit. It is a wonderful place, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Um, Rob, what's on your desk? Uh, I have been. Uh, I've taken a break from illustration today, and I have been. Uh, deep into some production artwork for a coffee brand. Um, for uh, been doing some work for Tim and Tansy at the Umbrella Collective. Um, what else have I been up to this week? Uh, I've just started reading. Uh, talking of comics, I've just started reading The Fall, which is a comic book by Jared Muralt. Uh I've got a couple of his uh, previous books, uh, and he's a, an absolutely beautiful illustrator not a kind of traditional comic book style but really uh, kind of almost linear claire style stuff mm. but really really beautiful draftsmanship so i've just started reading that's kind of a post-apocalyptic uh story which is good um and uh, also this week uh, well, last week i we didn't do a podcast last week because i had my parents here to stay so we did a touristy thing. We went to Kew Gardens, which is just down the road from me, and visited the newly renovated Temperate House, which has been closed for the last five years. I've spent 30 or 40 million quid on it. Um, and if you've been there, you'll kind of probably remember it as being absolutely jam-packed, full of these huge plants that are kind of touching the ceiling and curling over, and you kind of couldn't see the building at all. And... I was quite nervous when we went because I knew that they'd stripped out a lot of the big plants. I thought it might look empty, but it has absolutely transformed the space. I mean, they've they've kind of replaced all the glass. Everything's got a look of paint, and it is just one of the nicest spaces in London now. It's incredible. Wow. It feels like a like a Parisian uh, kind of turn of the century bit of architecture is so beautiful and such a huge space you could just go there and you know spend a couple of hours taking it all in it's fantastic so i can't recommend that enough get yourself to the temperate house i met i met joseph banks in there once what he's joseph banks Uh, he, he was the chap who brought all those samples back it was um, every I think it, some Saturdays they have actors in there who oh, play the roles. I thought, I thought that's who Joseph Banks was. <laughs> yeah, and they wander around dressed up, and you can. I just bumped into this bloke dressed in a sort of 18th century outfit, and he told me all about the bread, the breadfruit plant. Cool that he he yeah. brought back, but I could not get him to get out of character. I tried everything. <laughs> I even, he said, I said, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Heston. And I went, Heston Services? And he said, um, <laughs> yes, we, we do have serving fellows. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's a great uh, Yeah, part. so that's, yeah, so that's been my, uh, my week. What about you, John? Uh, I've just been coding for, for about, yeah, like 15 hours a day, starting at 6.30. I'm, I'm having, a, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the zone. I'm having such a great time at the moment. Uh, is this what they call the? Tell you. Is this like uh, in game dev where they 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 call it the crunch, <laughs> where you uh, you work kind of sixteen eighteen hour days and only eat takeaway pizza? Yeah, it is a little. My diet's gone out of the out the window. Yeah. It's terrible. I just I've taken on a project that's way too big for just poor old me. 
and uh, I've got a deadline of Monday, and that's already extended from Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I just got a pile of stuff to do. So uh, not not enjoying work at the moment, sadly. Yeah. But um, well, at least you got out for a nice walk this morning. I did. Yeah, I had to go. I had to take the. Uh, that's one of the benefits of living in middle of nowhere. Is um, taking the car for a service <laughs> it doesn't involve <laughs> sitting in traffic like it used to. I, I walk back through beautiful wheat fields and. Did you see yeah, Theresa May through the through the woods? <laughs> no, <laughs> should I've done? She likes like, a wheat what, field, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. <laughs> Bless her. Well, it looked lovely on your Instagram stories this morning. Yeah, no, I thought I'd I'd give that a go, seeing as I had 4G. I, I can get 4G in the woods, but not at home. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you taking a little uh, uh, kind of folding desk out. Oh, there's loads of little, there's loads of little, little Bluetooth earpieces running, running <laughs> gambling <laughs> through the woods. Oh, yeah. um, no, what have I been doing? I my my daughter is uh, she's coming up for four. She discovered a um, one of my old comics, uh, Calvin and Hobbes anthology, oh, and uh, she just she absolutely fascinated by the characters and the fact that this this little tiger comes alive. And so I've been reading them out to her because actually it started. She really likes comics, and it started with um, I was reading Scott Pilgrim, and mm. she wanted to know what was going on. So I've just changed the story. I'm reading that to her, but obviously don't say what's in the bubbles. Yeah, um, she even liked Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a bit inappropriate. Um, but yeah, so uh, Calvin and Hobbes and rediscovering just what uh, it, it must be the the most perfect comic strip ever written. Mm, it absolutely. Is just fantastic. It really is. Flawless, I, isn't it? It took me back to um, at university when I was meant to be studying. I had an Amiga and uh, a deluxe paint. Was it deluxe yeah. paint three? Deep or four? paint. Deep paint yeah. three. And uh, I made an animation of a Calvin Hobbes that took me about a week. <laughs> That's why I came out with like a barely scraped a degree. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely love love Calvin and Hobbes. I've forgotten all about them. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what have we do? Oh yeah, I got a book from my sister signed by Mister Bingo. I've put the uh, the photo on the show notes. I can't really say what it says, but it's it's a very rude word made out of Lego <laughs> that he's drawn yeah, for brilliant. me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, very very proud of that. And I've been started a book, a series of books, Atrocity Archives by Charles Stross. Love them. Now, Rob, you've probably told me about these. Probably, John. Yeah, but yeah, I've forgotten about. I really them. like them. A really strange writing style. Um, he has yeah. got. A- Why is it strange? Because he's very very. Uh, it's it, it's like um, a normal sort of gumshoe detective story. Um, but he's got a really technical mind. So he suddenly goes off into like, you know, half a page, a page of deep theoretical mathematic theories and um, technical sort of know-how. And and it's a bit disconcerting. Mm. I don't know what you found, Rob. Yeah, but the weird thing about his books is each book in the series takes a different kind of genre or trope. So there's like a like a noirish one as a I can't remember what that the one of them is very much like a James Bond novel and these are you know he's really open about the fact that oh my next book is going to be you know I don't know a space opera type thing or it's going to be mm. a like a hammer horror but all talking about the same characters in the same world we just he just I think it's because he gets bored he tests himself to to write them in a slightly different way or a different I think it's more not necessarily the style of his writing that changes it's kind of more the structure of the plot and the narrative changes but yes yeah, weird I, but I love his books yeah, it's a great premise isn't it that ele- some something that it, uh, sort of an electrical fault started uh, this yeah. sort of Cthulian kind of porthole yeah, and uh, it's all about spies and stuff it, they're really really interesting so I enjoyed those. So that's about that's my enjoyable bit, a sort of half hour bit of reading at the end of the day. Mm. <clears throat> but you know, I, I come on this, I, c- I come on the show every week and moan about my work. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's moaning, John. It's just uh, you know, you just uh, um, yeah, yeah, you're moaning. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got any news? I've got uh, I've got a couple of little bits of news. First one. Um, if you're in Hull or near Hull uh, in the next few weeks, 
uh, go to the Ferenz Art Gallery um, in Hull, which is organised by the there's a, an exhibition organised by the V&A Museum of Childhood, uh, and it's Clangers Bagpuss and Co. And they've got lots of the original uh, maquettes and models and characters from Bagpuss, the Clangers, Noggin the Nog, um, yeah. loads of Postgate and Fermin's creations. Um, but we're a big fan of, uh, of Postgate and Peter Fermin here. Um, so if you're up in Hull, that's well worth seeing. That's on till the 29th of July. That sounds cool. Really yeah, cool. sadly, I'm not going to be up in Hull to see it, but so maybe it'll travel. Um, the v Museum of Childhood, that, is that the one that's based in Hoxton? Yeah, I think so. Hoxton or Bethnal Green or somewhere? Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll appear there at some point. How about you, Ben? Have you got a bit of news for us? I don't know how, how, if you guys are gamers at all, but there's a game. Uh, they've launched a, kind of like a beta version of it this week, and a full game comes out in a couple of weeks in June, I think, called Onrush. Okay. Right. And um, it's on PlayStation Xbox. It's a, it's a driving game, but... And it looks really like the driving aspect is really cool. It's kind of got this uh, idea that it's like a stampede. So all the cars kind of stay together and kind of pile around each other. You're just controlling one car, but the stampede is sort of following around you. Um, but the thing that's really cool about it is that what they did uh, for a lot of the graphics for like the liveries on the cars and like um, what would be posters or graffiti if, they, if you drive through a city was all done by different artists so oh, whereas nice. normally you'd have it would all be done in in house sort of thing, um, it's made, it was done by Codemasters, and um, so they got uh, Any Forty. I don't know if you know Alan Wardle at uh, Any Forty, who for, for years he's been working as a t-shirt brand, and then okay. last year he kind of switched and decided to kind of work more as a design studio because he's been working with amazing artists for all these years, and he kind of thought, well, why don't we do commercial work together, sort of thing? Because he's an experienced art director, and um, and he sort of started working as a studio last year and then this project came along. So he's, Al has curated it all under the kind of the Any 40 name. So I, I worked on it and there's, I think there was about 33 of us wow. and um, everyone c- created at least three graphics. So they've kind of ended up with a hundred or, or maybe even more, I don't know, maybe even 200 um, pieces of artwork, which are kind of like put on cars. They could just be tiny little stickers on lampposts. Uh, or posters and whatever. So it's kind of really um, sort of indulging in that side of things. Sounds and, great. Um, yeah, it's it is. And, like they, the whole... and they've paid everybody, you know, it's oh, all yeah, yeah. like yeah, studio really, you know, work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's fantastic. But to have, you know, and there's some people who've got very sort of, let's say, graffiti style or very tattoo style or very kind of graphic style. So it's 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 more, when you see like the shots of the city or you see the cars, it's more realistic because not everything's in the same style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So That's exactly real the same. to it. Yeah. So, you know, if you drive through London, you'll see like a thousand different styles of art or illustration or whatever on the, on the buildings, typography and everything. Wow. And, um, yeah. So they've kind of got that. Have you worked yeah. on uh, game graphics before? I haven't. No. Oh, so so um, are you, have, have you seen any of the live footage with your work on it? Uh, not with mine. I've seen others, but um, and the beta they released this week. There's two environments that they've done on the beta version, and, and not the environment I worked on. Annoyingly, um, <laughs> so I haven't seen it yet. But I will come June June fourth. I think the full game's out. Um, Looks I'll fantastic. Be getting it How exciting! It. Yeah, it's really cool. And they they make uh, they uh, Toker, weren't they? And so they've got a good racing pedigree of cars. Yeah, cars. absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the, another news story that I saw by um, Keith Stewart of from the Guardian today is um, that Microsoft have announced uh, are going to launch a disability friendly Xbox controller. Um, oh, yeah, so I saw this. Yeah, it's like a it's it looks like a nineteen eighties drum machine, and um, and it's got an array of um, three point five mil kind of jacks coming out the back that you can attach all sorts of um, connectors to, whether they're bite or pressure or whatever headphones or whatever. Um, and, uh, and it, it, it's, it's good, great to see them. I, I'm surprised though, that it hasn't been done before. If you think that, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream gaming now is, must be 20 years old, mustn't it? From when was the PS one? When did that come out? Oh. I mean, you know, that is that was, actually, yeah, it's late nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I know there was like the mega drive and stuff before, but it, that it entered the sort of the public domain was really, yeah. would you say the PlayStation is the first yeah, one? I'd say really so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. With like, 
was looking at that that game is kind of wipeout esque, isn't it? In in many ways, the yeah. That you, wipeout, that was a game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I bought a PlayStation for that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had an interview with Signosis, and they were making that game when I when I had it when I left university. I went up to Liverpool. Were they, were they looking for a medieval scholar? Yeah, but no, they weren't looking for me, Rob. <laughs> yeah, no, my job centre got it, got me an interview with Cygnosis. How weird wow. is that? Yeah, I was I was unemployed and they went, we'll pay for your, I, I was in Slough job centre and uh, they said, we'll pay for your train journey to Liverpool. <laughs> I think they wanted me to get a job. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> More fool them. Absolutely. Uh, my next bit of news is some incredible stuff that I saw on Twitter yesterday. I think it was retweeted by or shared by Pascal Blanche, who's a, a game art director. Uh, and it's a guy called Mond, M-O-N-D-E. He's a Japanese designer. And he's made these book ends, these kind of, yeah, like bookend type things. And they look like Japanese alleyways. So the the books between them essentially become kind of like your buildings. And then these bookends, these kind of dividers, are these incredible little, little models oh, yeah. of Japanese streets, kind of little tiny little alleyways and stuff. But they're they're just beautiful. And because you can you're kind of only looking at them kind of from that kind of front edge, you know, the the depth and scale just kind of lends them this incredible kind of realism. Mm. I just think they're beautiful little things. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. They're amazing, aren't they? I'm a sucker for most things Japanese, and these really, I think these are fantastic. I mean, I assume he's just made them for himself. I don't think uh, I don't think he's I'm, producing these. Or he hasn't got a little hidden family of borrowers. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, I just think they're fab. You got anything, Ben? Uh, well, there was another thing that <coughs> I saw this week that the Design Museum in London is uh, being awarded European Museum of the Year, mm. and which is brilliant, and I think deservedly so. I think it's an amazing place. And um, but I was wondering, I, I've been there a fair few times now. That does it attract non-design fans? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think we do. <laughs> uh, John and I, I think we've only been there once. I don't think uh, we we went there together on a little North v South field trip, mm. um, and we were blown away by the building. Um, but I think we both found it. Sorry, I'll just talk for you, John. Uh, I think we both found it really sort of academic feeling, mm. um, and it was very much. It, it seemed more to be about the study of design. You know, there was so much of the building which was uh, kind of lecture rooms and kind of members only. Um, studio spaces and things and the actual displays and the the actual design exhibits mm. were quite small really in relation to the size of the the museum that although we were you know thought the building itself and the way it had been put together was beautiful I think we we came away feeling a little bit cold is that fair John? Yeah I think so I think it's yeah it, it's just it seems to be almost inside out where the everything's hidden away Mm. at the top of the building and the bottom of the building and the rest of it is you know their main feature when we were there was john snow's ties um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think they had they were trying to attract other people in there but yeah. um, there's definitely a feeling from the staff as well that it's kind of you know they're a bit highfalutin i sort of feel like it's a shame because design something that needs to go more I don't know, more widespread or it needs to reach other people. Do you know what I mean? Especially in Britain, because we're brilliant at design. And, and Do you know what I mean? But yeah. if you go to the, you know, when, me and when my wife and son, and we go to London, we go to museums and everything. And if you go to, you know, the Natural History Museum, you get thousands of people who would never watch a nature documentary or they don't read about natural history, but they'll go there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then if you go to Tate Modern, you'll get thousands of people from all over the world who aren't really into art. They wouldn't call themselves art lovers, but they'll go there and uh, and they'll enjoy it and they'll take something from it. But I kind of feel like the design museum, it has to open up to people who wouldn't go there for the design. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but, design, maybe, yeah. but maybe they've tried that. I mean, they were in a position of, of you know, 
a real tourist trap where they were before by Tower Bridge. Um, it was the most peculiar position for a design museum. Mm. And but now they've they kind of moved into the design what they're calling you know now the sort of the design quarter or the design area of uh, West London. But it, it just felt so fusty and academic and um, and and so fixed on either architecture or product design. When, like you say, that the history of design in the UK is mm. staggering. You know, how about blueprints for the Houses of Parliament or you know um, the underground and all the amazing <clears throat> things that London's filled with that you know needed designers mm. to to make um yeah no, i i i agree with you it leaves me cold and i you know a, an award for it as museum of the is it museum of the year is that U- what it european was? museum yeah. of the year i just i you know is that a, as I, voted I, for by other academics obviously <laughs> yeah is it, is it a is it a is it a paid thing i don't know it just it, it doesn't deserve it and i i'm sad about that because i think it should be a better museum I might be wrong, but I should go back there and see some more exhibitions. But um, yeah, it left me cold. But couldn't good, agree more. Good news item that one. I, mm. I I'm really poor on the news items there. Uh, my 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 only other one was one I stole off you that you sent me, uh, go Rob, for it. Um, which is a new uh, website that's um, uh, that might interest you, Ben. Which is called Eight by Ten. You probably I don't know if whether you've seen it where they're actually allowing you to, they're giving you the capability as an artist to sell on Instagram a, a single product as a as an Instagram post. So it does all the e-commerce for you. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Oh, I see. So they print it. Yeah, it's kind of just a... Yeah. So I guess read. it's a bit like sort of Society6, mm. um, where they handle kind of everything, producing the art and fulfilling it and stuff, um, and payments but it's directly in your Instagram account. No, I've not seen that. That looks quite cool. Which yeah. is really interesting. Apparently it works really well. Um, I can't remember her name. Tina, somebody who, Swiss Mist, you know, Swiss Miss? Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Stuff. She, uh, I saw it on her Twitter feed, I think, and she was saying that she'd seen the app in action. It, it's just brilliantly done and works flawlessly. Um. Yeah, so interesting. See if it gets any traction. Keep our eyes on that one. Uh, My only other bit of news is a silly one because I saw some, again, on Instagram, actually. They popped up as a promoted uh, image on Instagram, and it's some socks which have the pattern of the Overlook Hotel from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Oh. and I thought you were just into socks and you'd gone a bit wrong. <laughs> uh, it's one. It's it's strange. I don't, is there a pattern in any other bit of uh, pop culture that's gained that kind of status as as a kind of mm-hmm. iconic thing than that um, carpet from the Overlook Hotel? You see it on everything. Um, but they're nice, and they've got a bit of orange in, which always appeals to me. So I might have to. Um, I'll uh, I'll treat myself to a pair of those. I think, and I'll um, I'll wear them for the next podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, should we go on to the main event? Let's. Um, ben the illustrator. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on the show. Have you appeared on quite a few podcasts in in your time? Uh, I've done a few recently. Yeah, because I mean I'm quite enjoying them. Um, people always ask me to do talks. Until now. <laughs> no, I mean, no. And, uh, people have always ask me to do talks and things, and I'm not the most confident public speaker. I think my, the, the, the level of nerves I have beforehand sort of doesn't make it worthwhile. Uh, I've done a couple of talks. I sort of tested myself, so I did do a, I t- you know, took people up on it and did a couple, but kind of proved to myself that that's not for me. Um, but then in the past year or so, saw people asking to do podcasts and I kind of think, well, you know, I'm not on a stage or not face to face with people. So, um, yeah, I've done a few. They're quite good. And I like listen, I listen to podcasts all the time. So it kind of feels nice to be part of it. Do you know, are they, I mean? are they something you listen to while you work? Yeah. Yeah. Generally, at least a couple a day. Um, yeah. sometimes I can't, it depends what I'm working on because, um, they can be sort of distracting sometimes. Yeah. Um, where, you know, in, in which case I need music instead, but, um, mm. Yeah, but there's so many. There's so many people doing 
and they're, they're all kind of slightly. I haven't, I haven't found any two that are the same. Have you yet. always got music or sound going on in the studio? Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's weird to not have sound actually. I think, um, in fact, our whole house there's normally some noise, like the radio or whatever. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't concentrate or um, think straight if it's silent. Really? Um, yeah. I've got an app called Noisio that Rob Rob recommended, and mm. uh, I put that on, which is just you can mix the kind of feed of oh yeah background like rain, babble, rain sound, and that yeah, kind it's of got thing. a cafe, yeah. a, a cafe sound on it. Um, <laughs> That's really <laughs> sad, John. <laughs> I've got no friends, so I just use this app to make it sound like them. No, I find if it's not if it's completely silent, I just get annoyed by you know someone with a chainsaw or yeah. somebody yeah. drilling in their garden. Where, where, where this just sort of neutralizes it all. It's, it's kind all... of like the amiable white noise, isn't it? In a way, mm. yeah. But only when I'm drawing can I listen to voices. I can't, and I, and I very rarely draw. So, um, but yeah, I can't when I'm designing. It's impossible to listen to talking that's too much talking in my head i just find i zone out and uh, you know i'll I'll realize that i haven't listened to a a thing for the last 20 minutes or something Mm. i do that with you every week rob (laughs) (laughs) love you too (laughs) so you mentioned earlier that you got started by studying animation where where did you study that where Um, where are you from originally i'm from oh well uh Surrey and London sort of thing. And um, right. so I started off at college. I went to St. Martin's in London. And, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I did my foundation there. And at the time, like I knew I wanted to do animation. So this was mid nineties and uh, animation seemed kind of cool as hell at the time. And, um, but the St. Martin's animation course was kind of very experimental and um, like it didn't involve producing anything for TV or any- anything like that. Um, it was more like some kind of moving fine art studies. Uh, okay. So I went back to Surrey, where I'd lived, where I was living before then, uh, to the Surrey Institute in Farnham, um, because they were one of the only animation courses at the time, and uh, and it sounded like a good one. So I went there, and um, <clears throat> but it was kind of funny. I mean. It's a pretty good course and stuff, but it was very traditional, traditional animation. Um, so, you know, like drawing on cells and that kind okay. of thing. But then what felt like literally the day we graduated, traditional animation got signed off and everyone went over to computers. And um, because then it was, you know, it was when t- Toy Story had come out and so everyone wanted that kind of thing and TV was moving over to things. And then there was also Flash was just coming out. So um, it's, it, I felt like everything I learned was kind of redundant. Um, so I had to kind of work out, work it out. On it's my weird because <clears throat> when you said you you had a background in illustration, I, I immediately, in animation, I immediately thought, oh, that's that's where your style has come from. You know, like you said, kind of flash animation, mm. kind of vector-driven stuff. I kind of thought perhaps your style had grown out of that. But if your work was more traditional before that, kind of where did where did your style come from? I don't really probably, I mean, I was trying to, even when, like at college, doing things on cells, I was trying to make bright flats. You know, I was trying to paint cells perfectly flat colours and that kind of mm. thing. And I think it's always sort of come along from that. It comes from cartoons on TV and, and kind of vintage packaging and that kind of thing, like block colours and uh, nice kind of clean lines and that kind of thing. So I think I probably did evolve a lot when I started using flash, which would have been like early two thousands. And then it kind of got to a point where I needed to do more than flash could do. Uh, Cause I was using flash to do uh, illustration work as well. And, um, okay. and then I kind of thought, okay, I need to step this up sort of thing. And that's when I started using Adobe illustrator. It's quite a, a uh, for illustrators is a rarely used tool, isn't it? In terms of, uh, of, a t- you know, most people would start with Photoshop um, and only drift into Illustrator if they are entirely vector based. Um, but you use you say you use that almost exclusively, yeah? Yeah, I've, I I barely draw anything in Photoshop. Uh, uh, I've used it occasionally to kind of add if something needs to be a bit more textural. Uh, but I kind of like I don't know. I just love using vectors. It's so clean. It's so satisfying, and and. Uh, everything can sort of be perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, your work does have that kind of almost kind of mathematical 
geometry about it in, you know, your kind of curves and angles and things. Mm. Um, so I can see exactly why, why you'd use Illustrator for that. I was really interested. Are you, uh, are you a kind of Wacom, a Cintiq guy? I use or? a Wacom. Yeah. Um, I haven't got, I haven't, I've tried a Cintiq and I kind of like it, but I think a lot of people are using it to do like sketching as well. Yeah. But I can't go away from paper and pencil for sketching. And so, um, like anything else, I've tried because even though my work's very digital, I always draw it in pencil first and then trace Is that it. Right, you That's yeah. start, start pencil. Yeah, and 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 do you trace over the top of it, or do you just work as reference? Um, no, I trace it, so I scan it and then and then trace it in Illustrator. Right, um, but it's it's mostly because I have better <laughs> ideas when I'm drawing in pencil. It kind of puts my mind in the right place to kind of think of things and and create more. And do, you, and do you think the grounding of art school and doing it traditionally gave you that skill? Because that is a skill. It's not. Um, I, I don't think it's a natural thing. And and uh, you know, when I used to have a uh, run a little studio, a lot of the juniors really struggled letting go of the electronic desktop. Mm. You know, um, and they hadn't been given that experience in that uh, in putting thought onto paper first. Yeah. I think so. Is, I think is that is, your dog? Yeah, is, can you hear him? Yeah, he's yeah, outside. Yeah. What, the window, what's his name? His name's Doze. D-O-Z-E. Is he a, what is he, a he's Westie? A, yeah, he's a, can you tell by the bark? No, 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 I just oh. saw a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, come come by. So That's a hell of a skill. Come, come by, come by. <laughs> um, so you never just start off digital, you always Yeah, I'll always sketch. Yeah, at least to kind of get sizes right or... Or whatever if I'm planning something out yeah and also because like you know I don't want to I don't want everything I do to be looking at a screen do you know what mm. I mean um and I quite often do a lot of sketching in the evening and I, the last thing I want to do in the evening is sit right against another screen yeah. um so I kind of feel like it's better for me um to, to do it on paper um yeah but also, yeah, it just feels more natural, and and then I always, I always have better ideas if I'm drawing on paper. That, that'll please that'll please Rob. A lot. Oh, it does. I'm even yeah, more yeah. impressed now, Ben. You know that you can translate your sketches into such beautiful, clean work. I might have to come for some uh, Bezier curve tutorials. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah. I know it's a nightmare when you start. I do remember starting with Illustrator, and it took me weeks to figure out the, the Bezier curve do you, thing. Have you got? Do you use any plugins or anything that help your workflow, or do you just use the the vanilla? Yeah, no, yeah, just just use Illustrator. Do you have like a library of shapes that you refer to, or do you just draw off? You know, a circle is a circle, and and away you go. I thought about the library thing because I quite often do things like um, interiors and things, and so like if I'm doing an, an office scene. Um, and I always think maybe I should save that, you know, that lamp or that plant pot yeah. and, and kind of use them as stock things. But then I kind of feel like I'm cheating a bit. <laughs> and so, and then I might end up, what if I evolve a little bit over a few months and then I'll have a plant pot that doesn't match with a, you know, with the chair yeah. or something. So I try not to kind of do it like that, copy and paste from different I lo- things. I absolutely love your cutaway interiors. I think they are really beautiful. I think when you get that scale of, um, of just, micro objects mm. i'm going to call them but it's they look absolutely brilliant and um, yeah i love love them cool i think one of the things that i'm that i love about your work because particularly because it's something i'm utterly awful with is your use of color mm. so your work is generally yeah, kind of super vibrant and the color parts just they just seem impeccable <laughs> have you, have you, are you kind of naturally kind of good with colour? Has that always I, been a strength? I guess or? so. Um, I mean, I sound like a dick saying this, but I don't struggle with it. Um, Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> don't insult our guests. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I kind of, I think there's a certain tone to colour. If I look at like a Pantone palette, I can see which tones I would use and, yeah. and I'll just go with that. Um, but it's also because like I'm not the most confident person and I can't go out. I can't, I'm not much of an extrovert, let's say, but, but the, my illustration work is the one way that I can put things out there and kind of be a bit extroverted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so um, cool. Or maybe I'm hiding behind the work. I don't know, but um, yeah. And I kind of, I grew up, everything I ever liked was colorful, like visually, 
like yeah. pop pop art and, and and graffiti in the eighties and everything. So I think I'm kind of just I'm just carrying on with that because that's what I like um, there. So the other thing that you're well known for, apart from uh, your work, is your sort of uh, your use of social media to promote. Um, I would say less yourself, but actually more your industry that you work in and mm. uh, other people's work. Have you found found a big difference between pre social media world and post in in terms of getting work and um, promoting yourself? Do you, do you find it easier now than you did? Uh, I don't know. I mean, kind of because social media, you know, it's another way to get things out there. You can't, I can't rely just on it. But at the same time, I think in the time that maybe due to social media, there's more illustrators, I reckon. I think it's far more competitive now. You know, it's a more crowded marketplace. Um, but I think you can use, if you use social media in the right way, I think you can use it in clever ways or you could use it in other ways to get noticed and that kind of thing. Or if you use it, I think one thing that people do wrong is it should be two-way. It's not just you talking about yourself all the time. Um, I think you have to, you know, use it to get to meet art directors or get to know studios because then they'll get to know you. Mm. Um, I don't think it's just like this kind of like, um, I think a lot of people consider it, it's almost like a billboard and they put their work on it and everyone sees it and that's that. But it's not, it doesn't work like that. I, I have, you, have you always realised that or is that something you just come to learn? No, I think I, I must have got to learn that, I think, yeah. over time, yeah. I mean, because the reason I kind of indulge in it so much is because since I left London 10 years ago or so I've not been around all like all my mates or been in a shared studio or anything like that so I've kind of needed to connect with people in in other ways and so kind of social media sort of helped me like we lived in Cornwall for a while and it was pretty remote it was a beautiful place but it was pretty remote and uh, I didn't know any other illustrators so and that was around when sort of I started using Twitter and uh, it enabled me to meet people in that way. Um, and then since then, I've kind of managed to kind of build a bit of a, you know, a community of, of people. And we all know each other through Twitter and, you know, we can talk to each other every yeah, day. Absolutely. I mean, even though I'm, <clears throat> you know, not far from London, I, I absolutely find that if you're, you know, working from a room in your house, even if it's a, a nice little studio space, it can be a really lonely business. I absolutely find that Twitter is is my professional community. It's my office. Mm. It's where you can go to not feel like you're sat, sat alone in your in your room. Yeah, I think a lot of people who don't use Twitter don't get that. At all. Yeah, I think so. And it, you know, I think it can be a distraction. You could, you can. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> it can distract too much. So I think you've got to kind of, you know, find your boundaries, sort of thing. Because mm. so um, not long ago. I had a bad day or something and I was tired of Twitter for some reason. And I said to my wife that, oh, I'm going to quit, quit using Twitter as, you know, whatever. And she, and she did, well, who that? And she just said like, who the hell are you going to speak to if you haven't got Twitter? <laughs> I was like, yeah, good point. Because <laughs> then it's just me and the dog again. You just have and to start then, listening to Ambient Cafe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. I'm so alone. <laughs> so last year you did a, um, a survey or hmm. illustrators what what made you do the survey what what were you interested in gathering um it was kind of just like i was saying you know i use social media and i got to know lots of people but and i, I like talking to illustrators a lot but i kind of realized that um even though i speak to illustrators who are kind of very different as people or in different parts of the world or in different life kind of you know different times of their life i, I felt like i only really knew people within a bubble um because I don't know loads of illustrators who work in maybe children's publishing or, or other kind of areas that I don't sort of know. And so I kind of <clears throat> just thought it would be interesting to gather up information from a, a wide thing on, on basically how everyone's doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, because, I mean, last year I had a fairly quiet year compared to the, the you know, the couple of years before then, work-wise. And I, I was kind of questioning why, you know, what's it down to? Is it just me and all that kind of thing? And it's difficult to just say, you know, is anyone else getting up, getting work or are they having a quiet spell or whatever? But I thought if I did it in a survey, then it's all anonymous and it's all kind of like, you know, no, no one has to just speak up and publicly announce anything. Um, and there, there was a couple of other things, just conversations I'd had and with friends or uh, illustrating friends and, 
about what would be interesting to know, you know, do other people have the same things as we do or, you know, what what is the best social media or whatever. And so I put together the survey and because it was at the end of the year, I kind of thought, well, I'll do it specifically for 2017. Like, how was your year? And um, and then I put the questions online, I think, mid-December um, and then left them there till about mid-January to try and get as many people as possible. And um, I, I had no idea if it was going to be like four people or 40 people or whatever. I didn't know how many people were going to go for it. Um, but people seemed to like it. And our people... You know, how many how many people it was it was about 1600 in the end no way that's amazing which was really cool and it because it kind of once i saw once it sort of started to build up like on on day one there was you know three people answered it and then on day two there was six and and it kind of is it snowballed is that the phrase um it grew from there and so i started to realize this is really useful information and uh, this is information that people can take away uh, at the beginning of the year, if I kind of published it within a couple of weeks of, get, of it finishing, that people could use it to kind of plan their year or to kind of look ahead and see maybe what they're doing wrong or what they're doing right or that kind of thing. And um, and almost to be reassured to know what other people are going through because so many of us are just sitting in our, you know, sitting in the spare bedroom or sitting at the kitchen table or, you know, or they're lucky enough to have their own studio Um you don't always know what other illustrators are, are kind of dealing with work-wise. Social right. media can be a real mask. Yeah. You know, you yeah. don't really know what everyone else is up to. You don't know how busy people are. You know, they might be posting beautiful work, but, you know, is it is it kind of current stuff or, you know, you don't see all the behind-the-scenes yeah. stress and anxiety. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it is great to be able to open up like that. Are you saying you didn't know how many people would, uh, would participate? For me... I think one of the attractions of participating it in it and i'm sure it was for a lot of other people was that it was it came from you uh, an illustrator that you know, right. people like and respect it didn't come from creative review or yeah uh, an industry body it, you know it wasn't about you know producing a, 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 a glossy brochure about the state of the industry it was mm. it was by an illustrator for illustrators yeah that's right i think I didn't really consider doing it with other people. I mean, other people, magazines and stuff might have retweeted it, which really yeah. helps. But um, I kind of just thought, I didn't even know if it was a silly idea. I do a lot of things and I, I never have a clue if it's a silly idea until <laughs> until it goes public. And um, so I hadn't considered that I could do it with someone else. But then I sort of realised that I don't think I'd want to. I don't think I'd want to pair up with a magazine, you know, whoever it is, how great, how great they are. Um, you know, because I think people... I wanted a kind of an honesty about it, yeah, and to keep every everyone on the same level um, as as illustrators. No, kind of like no authorities I have a problem with authority, but um, there's a real trope, isn't there? With <laughs> creative types and authority. It's, it's really nice that you've you've shown that illustrators can talk to illustrators. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, yeah. you don't need to go via a third party. You don't no, need to, right. you know, read about illustrators written by someone else. Mm. Way way friendlier than uh, designers. <clears throat> Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you know what I found really refreshing about it as well, Ben? Was um, you, you used your experience to explain some of the statistics, which I think is mm. I really, really thought was really lovely touch on it. What was it? The uh, do you earn a suitable amount to live sustainably from illustrations? Sixty nine percent said no. Mm. You know, you could take that to say that well, yeah. a lot of them are students or you know, yeah, people that are doing it part time, and that you know, giving them the boost. Um, and giving them the time of your experience it was very kind, very generous, and I, I really, I really like that. Um, and that that obviously led to the the statistics about um, mental health, and mm. uh, and and this well, this last week was Mental Health Week, is it? Yeah, Mental Health Week. Uh, and there was a big piece in Digital Arts magazine. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I thought your comments were more useful than some of the statistics, and uh, and so I, I'd like to say thank you for those. Oh. I thought they were brilliant. Thank you. I can't consider myself to be uh, like an expert because I'm still learning, and I still get things wrong, and I still don't know how to run a business. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. No, but you've been doing it twenty years. Yeah, and, I know, uh, which shows how bad I am at business. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it does at all. I just think it it shows that kind of. That that's that level of self criticism that 
cre- that creative people are plagued or mm. blessed with. Um, it, it, you know, that kind of that self analysis is part of the creative process, isn't it? Um, if you don't look at, if you don't question everything you do, then you don't produce work that's better every time. So, yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. And, and that does drive that kind of anxiety, you know, that shift to anxiety. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, just, I, I do think that we, I've spoken about this before about illustration and design. You know, you can't be a designer in your bedroom. <laughs> producing you know oh i've done another leaflet for myself um but illustration you can and and um and and so that 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 ramps up that anxiety doesn't it the the, the that step between being an amateur or being a part-time illustrator and being a full-time illustrator you're never quite sure when when you've made the step yeah um, and i i there aren't that many people writing and promoting um the sort of the career of illustration. Um, do you know what I mean? Or, yeah. protect, protecting them in some way. Um, so I, I, that's why I, I thought your, uh, your survey was, was, was so important. Ah, it's cool. Thank you. You're welcome. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I made, as usual, I go off on things and I never make any sense. I listen back to them and just run away and hide in the woods. They're the, they're the best bits, John. It's got good 4G there though. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to nick one of John's questions, which is um, what's the the kind of uh, – what proportion of your time is, is spent doing the work and, and what amount of time is spent either kind of selling products because I know you sell your work mm. or, or kind of promoting yourself? How do you get that balance? Is it simply a case of you've got work to do for clients so you'll – You'll do that, and then, and then if there's anything left over, you spend that kind of on promotion or your own personal work or selling stuff. Or yeah, you I think set aside a certain amount of time. Oh no, I can't set I can't set time aside. I'm <laughs> terrible at that. I, I, like I kind of I guess every day I kind of prioritise. If I've got something that needs illustrating, then I'll do that first. Um, and it's not just because it's you know like the important thing, but it's also like that's probably what I'm going to enjoy doing most. Um, it's certainly not going to be like looking at receipts or, you know, printing off an invoice for something. Um, but I kind of, it depends. I mean, if I'm busy, if I've got a lot of work on, then I just, I'll spend as much time as I can illustrating. Cause I just need to, I just want to get it done. Mm. Um, but then, and I'll do no promo. So I won't do any self promo or anything, which might not be, not be the way to do it because then at some point, you know, if then I haven't got any work on, then I'll start doing the self-promo. Um, it may be better to kind of do my promo while I am busy as well. So it, the yeah. work never runs out, if you see what I mean. Um, but no, I, I don't really balance my time. I mean, I don't really like work out my time. Every day is different. What's, then, what, you say every day is different. I'm just about to ask you what a typical day is. But um, <laughs> what uh, do you... Do you often have kind of quite a lot of projects on at the same time? I'm reasonably new to illustration and I'm, you know, I'm kind of picking up little bits of commercial illustration here and there. So I I tend to only have one or maybe two Mm. illustration projects on the go at a time. For me, it's kind of always appears to be like a feast or famine. So like I could have, you know, two weeks and however many projects and I kind of have to juggle them and I have to kind of work out you know, if I send this rough first thing in the morning, then I've got time to do this before they give me their feedback and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then I'll have that for a while and then I'll just have a period with no work sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I can't explain it. And, and after all these years, I still can't work out how and why. And I can't predict, you know, sometimes I'll have a very, like the summer will seem to be very quiet and sometimes the summer will be really busy. Um, you, with your experience, are you able to be reasonably calm in those periods where you don't have work? Um, to an extent, I kind of, I always quite enjoy it for a little while because that's when I might make some new art prints mm-hmm. or um, just do some personal work for the fun of it. Um and I kind of enjoy that. It's like being given a, you know, being given a week off or something. Yeah. Um, but then generally I find it very stressful and I've never <laughs> dealt with this. Uh, I know, you know, if, if I'm starting to worry like, well, this month I haven't made enough money or, or whatever, then I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty calm as a person, but 
I will think about it a lot and I will sort of stress stress about it, I guess is, is, is a word. Mull it over. Yeah, I'll mull it over. It takes a certain kind of person to be a freelancer. I think I get a bit of a rush out of it, even when there's no work. I think I kind of enjoy the thrill a little bit. It's kind of yeah. like a, you know, a renegade way of being. <laughs> and I was sort of brought, like my dad had his own business and my mum had, had, had her own business. And, and it's um, in the blood. Yeah. In, in fact, my dad's business was started by my granddad and he passed it on. And and like my sister is self-employed, everyone, and my sister self-employed, my wife for most of her life is, actually no, but she's had a fair few businesses of her own. And um yeah, it's sort of all I know. I think, you know, I remember when sort of at school and that, and um, I talked to people and their dads would kind of go to work for someone and it felt really alien to me, but obviously that's what most people do. Yeah. But my dad was sort of, he ran this little cardboard box factory and um, and he just sort of did his own thing in a way. And I, I think that kind of led, it was quite obvious that, that's what I was. I wasn't going to run a cardboard box, box factory, but I was going to go and do do my own thing. I think they sort of taught me to be independent like that. The last week you've been talk, talking about on Twitter, uh, thinking about becoming um, or joining a studio of some sort. What what's what spurred that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just. I mean, it, I don't know. It, it might be my midlife crisis. I'm not sure. I kind of. Um, I want to, I sort of realised that next year I, w- I would have been self-employed for 20 years and that's kind of a milestone but at the same time that feels like a long time to have dealt with this sort of up and down and, and not, you know, not never really knowing if it's going to be stable for the next year or not. Um, and also I just sort of want to do different things. Um, not Because I, I, I love my work and I love working with my clients and, and I enjoy working with my agents and everything. But there's there's only so much I can do on my own, mm. and I sort of when I get to kind of do a job where you're very sort of you're brought in as part of a team sort of thing with art directors and and copywriters or whatever, I really get a kick out of that. And then I sort of started to realise that you know you, I could do more of that if I had a job somewhere. But I'm I'm really in two minds about whether or not it's something I really want to do, or if it's just a nice idea and I'd miss working for myself because um, that's all I've ever known. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure. So, yeah, I put it on Twitter because it, it's such an odd thing for me to consider getting a job. Because so many people in jobs consider going freelance and it's yeah. an easy, it's, a, it's a <laughs> more, an easier step. But but to go from freelance to employment, mm. which which I have done, is, is, a big, is a big old leap, isn't it? Yeah. Um, especially at um, my ripe old age, I take it you're a lot younger than me because uh, you wear t-shirts all the time. But uh, <laughs> no, as uh, um, I think that would be a really diff- you know twenty year freelancer. It'd be mm. like um, be like Maverick coming in to, to join a crew. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can see the, yeah. the 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 um the draw of working with a really creative team. Yeah, would would be exciting. Yeah, my my, my fear for me of going back is that I would have to be in. You know, it would be for me management, and that just you know mm. does not appeal to me. And I and I will stay freelancer till I curl up and die. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> is there is there a lot of creative? There is quite a lot of creative stuff in Froom, isn't there? Um, oh yeah, yeah. You, there's a got, lot. Yeah, it's you've a got the mill. Time. Mill is it the mill there? Or it's the, the silk paper mill. mill? Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, there's, it's a funny little town. It's sort of built on, on independence and, and self-made businesses and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of creative stuff. I mean, you know, I don't think there's anyone that we know where, you know, one of them isn't a, you know, a, a, a couple's one of them's not a designer or an illustrator or an artist in some way. And there's lots going on and there's loads of places like shared studios and, you know, places to hire workshops. <clears throat> so it's part of the... It's kind of in the blood somehow of the town. Mm. This kind of craft. I think it goes back sort of decades or centuries. It used to be a place for craftspeople. Amazing. And uh, yeah, so it's very cool. And you know, there's possibilities of, of not necessarily getting a job for me, but but sort of collaborating more with people to kind of work as a team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the concept of Umbrella, uh, Tim Fowler's mm. um, uh, London Collective. Where they're, you know, you can you can get a shared desk, but you have to, you know, you have to give some of your 
time to the to the collective, mm. as it were. Is that that's the concept, isn't it, Rob? I think so. I mean, before they got their shared studios, they were they were almost like a cooperative. So there was a core of kind of three partners and uh, a couple of other members of staff. But they would they would then pitch for briefs and they would bring in designers that they knew or illustrators or copywriters, bring them in to help pitch for work, and then you know work on that brief if they they won the pitch. So and they could it gave them the flexibility of being able to bring in a huge variety of, of people. Um, but yeah, now they have, uh, they have kind of studio space and desk space. So it's kind of evolved a bit into, uh, something a bit more elaborate. Mm. So people of the internet, Ben's on the lookout. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, we better move on, but, um, thank you so much for your time. And for absolutely fascinating. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Good luck with whatever, with whatever happens yeah. I mean there um, may be nothing do you know what I mean it, it, like I said, <laughs> it might just be like a midlife thing I think I should be doing something and then you know 10 years time I'll still be sitting there and I'll, I'll be illustrating because yeah, I mean I'm certainly I'm in no way tired or bored of illustrating um, and I feel well, like I've got a lot more to do do you know what I mean yeah. yeah well to me it seems like that would be you know you've got my ideal gig and uh, but about 20 times the talent and uh, I would love to um, love to be just concentrating on the one thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, go and go and find out yeah. about, about clients asking for another change to another <laughs> postcard. The, the, what was the the quote that every, every single publication has uh, has has picked up on you? One less humble brag on our own socials and one more compliment on someone else's would go yeah. a long way. And that is a mm. that's a lovely, really nice I think philosophy. That, yeah. Really good philosophy. Yeah, that's that's the kind of the mental health thing, you know. I mean, I think uh, I don't know. There's so many freelancers. We use it. We use social media a lot, but uh, you know, like in the survey, it was eighty percent of people had feel they have you know some kind of mental health issue. And um, and if people are spending all their time essentially showing off, um, which you've got to do, and you're trying to get work and you're trying to sell yourself and everything, but. I think sometimes you kind of got to consider how it makes people feel. And it's hard to say that because we can't all stop talking about ourselves because, you know, we use social media to say, look at this project or, you know, or, or if you're selling something, you've got to make your money and everything. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we can kind of manage it, consider it more two way and think about how you can help other people. And stuff. Ben, do you want to do your website of the week? Oh, I don't mind. I'll just say what it is quickly. It's uh, for a band called Superorganism. It's wearesuperorganism.com. And it's the first kind of fun site I've seen in ages. Um, like It's fantastic. It's brilliant, isn't it? And, yeah, um, it's very cool. Um, you have to click the close button for it all to kick off. Mm. And they're, they're a crazy <laughs> band. I think they're they're from all over the world. They all live in a house together in London or something. And they Yeah, they're very weird. I saw yeah, them and they recently. all kind of compose at different times and email stuff to each other and, and build songs. One member lives somewhere else completely, don't they? Like in Japan or something. Uh, yeah, I think so. And it's they do it's... stuff on the internet. And, they only, and if, they're, if they're gigging, uh, like in Europe, that person will just appear on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> very strange. Yeah. Uh, but very cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so pies. <clears throat> Rob, what have you got? I have got a pie from... So this pie has been sent in by uh, an avid North v South listener, Karen Pearson. She's also a friend of my family, and uh, she also taught me French at Comprehensive School. So hello, Karen. Thank you for uh, sending in the pie. And it is from... Is that French uh, or French kissing? No, it's French. <laughs> uh, this has come from Turner's Pies in Chichester, and it's emblazoned with an M which I can only assume stands for mince, because it's a mince and onion pie. <laughs> Very short crust. It's kind of like a, a football, uh, like a football style pie. What, shaped a, like a football. You know what I mean, John. That would be a Scotch egg. Mm, that's pretty good. Really good pastry. That's a good pie. Normally I edit these bits out, Ben, so sorry you have to listen to him eating pie. That's all right. You do not. Do you? <laughs> You're offended yeah. if you edit out my chomping. Of course I do. You go. No one wants okay. to hear it's that. It's a very good pie. It's <laughs> not. It's still nice and moist. Uh, beautiful, tasty, buttery pastry. That's getting uh, an eight point nine six mm. out of ten. Two digital places. Yep. Ben, what have you got? Uh, it's a local one to me in Somerset. So John good. John Thorner's steak and London pride pie. 
London Pride the Ale, which isn't local to me. Yeah, shall I crack into mm. it? You'd think they could have got a, a Somerset beverage in yeah, there. Yeah, I, I was just wondering. Then. Well, it's got very thick pastry. Oh, it's very good. It's got a very good gravy, actually. Are you eating this cold or hot? Hot or hot. <clears throat> yeah, that's very good. I think the gravy is the star. It's got a nice, nice chunks of steak in it, but I think the gravy is the star of that. Uh, I'll give it, a, I'll give it an eight. I Ooh, think. Good solid eight. That's nice a good scores. score. I, I'm, I'm not I've sure got, John's ever given an eight. Have you, John? I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a pie minister, Kate and Sydney. This follows on from last week's Kevin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kevin um, and broken teeth. Mm. Uh, I haven't got any knives and forks, which is kind of stupid. It's boiling hot, so I'm scooping out. I do like, <laughs> I do like kidney. Do you? Mmm, love it. Mmm, that's a good pie. By the way, who's outside whose window is the blackbird singing? Oh, that's mine. Oh, beautiful. <clears throat> yeah. He's quite often, I don't know if it's the same one, but he's quite, quite often, it's on the TV area, because I'm up in the attic. How's the pie, John? Yeah, very good. Um, I'm going to give that a seven. Mmm, that's oh, good. good. Yeah, very good. That's like an 11 out of 10 for most people. <laughs> that's not a bad trio of pies to end the no. podcast on, I think. So, what's next for the rest of the week, Ben? What are you up to? Um... I'm doing, so I've got something on for digital arts. I need to finish up following on from the artwork that I did for the, the mental health article this week. Uh, and I've got to finish my Copenhagen map. And uh, I think that's kind of it, really. I try not to uh, I try not to work too late on Fridays. So I kind of cut my days short so that I'm done when my son finishes school. Yeah, that's kind of it, I think. Well, what about you, John? Well, you don't need to ask, <laughs> do we? Sorry. Yeah, I've got to present this website at one o'clock tomorrow. And uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to up to Twickenham. I'm going to a street party with my daughter for the royal wedding. Um, <laughs> I will be ignoring that royal wedding, but my daughter will be having fun. And uh, and then I'm working Sunday. So yeah, not cool. much fun uh, lined up. If you're a Republican, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for your time, and it's been great having you on the show it's been fantastic I've enjoyed every every minute of tonight's podcast it's been great so thank thank you you so much will you come come back on in about a year's time and uh, let us know how it's going with your new studio venture yeah yeah, sure (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah stay in touch yeah we'll do thanks a lot great stuff thank you Ben take it easy cheers Bye. bye